I'm sure you've noticed before how Bibles tend to be printed on tissue-thin pieces of paper. Who knows why? There's nothing religious about tissue-thin pieces of paper that I know of. But because it is printed like that, sometimes when you're reading a story, you can see through on the other side of the page. And because of that, you get some interesting juxtapositions. Like, for instance, on the very first page of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, God creates, right? God's off stage, and God creates by simply saying. God says, light, and it's as if someone flipped on the switch. God speaks, and things happen. God says, daffodils, they poke their heads up out of the ground. God says, poison ivy, and we're all of a sudden itching. God speaks and creates. But if you look through the page, you can see on the other side, Genesis 2, an entirely different creation account. And in that case, when God creates humanity, God doesn't say man, woman. God simply takes mud, puts it on the potter's wheel, and as it begins to take shape, but, but it's, not, it's not full alive. It's not, it doesn't have breath in it. And in that intimate scene, stoops down and breathes life into our nostrils and we come alive. Two different stories, opposite sides of the page. Something similar happens every year on Pentecost. The version we know best is in Acts chapter 2. It's over the top. They're gathered there in the upper room when the wind blows and there are tongues of fire and thousands of people are added to the church and they're speaking in different languages. It's a 6.3 on the Richter scale. It would get the attention of Spielberg. It is so over the top that we adorn our churches in fiery red on Pentecost. But just a page or two earlier is this account. And this is John's version of Pentecost. The doors are locked. Jesus slips into the room and with no fanfare whatsoever, breathes on them, (sighs) receive the Spirit. And that's it. I sort of feel sorry for John. I mean, he doesn't have a chance next to Luke's account. Did you ever do eighth grade science projects? Do you remember the kid whose plane, the model of the Wright brothers' plane, flew around the room and landed perfectly on the teacher's desk as she wrote an A-plus by his name? And then you'd brought this thing that was supposed to look like a volcano, and Coca-Cola was supposed to come out of it, and you were lucky you got a C. That's John's science project. Luke gets A's. John, eh, not so much. Or maybe you remember the first day of school sharing what you did on your summer vacation and it seems like every kid in the class took a cruise on the Queen Mary and you went to your grandmother's house in Minnesota. That's John's vacation. I don't remember where I saw this. I want to say it was on 60 Minutes, but it was a a feature about how movies, scripts, get pitched to producers. Now, those who are well-known have appointments because they know each other, but, but this was about the long shot, the person who had a screenplay and who hoped somehow to get their foot in the door. And they actually do this as the producers get out of their car and make their way into the studio. They have this 20 to 30 seconds to yell out 
a sort of synopsis of the plot. I, I picture Luke. Yes, Mr. Spielberg, Mr. Spielberg. It, uh, picture this, picture this. Daniel Day-Lewis is the Apostle Peter, cast of thousands, fire comes down. This is big, big, big production, Mr. Spielberg. He's got a chance, right? John does not shout. John stands back, arms crossed, leaning against his rusted Toyota Corolla, and very softly says, Yeah, um, Jesus slips into the room and breathes on him. And that's, that, yeah, that's it. it he, he doesn't have a chance. Even if there is something in you that resists the American notion that the bigger something is, the better, even if you resist that, it's very seductive. I mean, think about it. When you go at Christmas time to drive through neighborhoods and look at lights, do you go to trailer parks? Probably not. Most of us go to the fanciest neighborhoods we can find. And someone looking out this side says, Oh my gosh, look at this one. And someone else says, That's nothing. Look at this one. And this one is no longer anything. There is something in us that feels drawn to the bigger production, the fancy thing. Luke's account is like the big house, ooing and aahing. But you come across this garage with one string of lights, you know, one string of lights over the garage and a sign in the yard, peace on earth, that's John's house. Everybody oohs and ahs at Luke's account. And there's a reason. It's his theology. Luke's theology of the Spirit is power. You remember this verse? But when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And you'll be my witnesses all across the world. Well, you need power to do that. But John's theology of the Spirit is presence. Presence. John's the only one to use this one word. The Greek word is paraclete. Not parakeet, that's the bird. Paraclete. It gets translated sometimes as advocate, but that sounds more like court. Or helper. I think the best translation is comforter. Spirit of God is a comforter. And I keep picturing a comforter at the foot of a grandmother's bed. And I picture a teenage girl curled up in the fetal position crying because, well, as it turns out, she likes girls. And her caring grandmother covers her with the comforter. That's the Spirit of God. Or I picture new parents whose infant is not coming home from the hospital. Not this day, maybe not next week, maybe, maybe never. And the chaplain finds the parents asleep late in the night and covers them with a comforter. That is the Spirit of God in John's Gospel. And that is the Spirit of God we need to read the papers, to watch the news, to wait for the biopsy results. Late Thursday night, three of us from Country Club and 18 other pilgrims returned from a 10-day trip to the Holy Land. It was a great trip, and while we were there, 
It was the Jewish celebration of Shavuot, which is basically the Hebrew for Pentecost. And their calendar's a little bit different. And this year, it was earlier in the week and Pentecost today. We had a great trip. We're a little jet-lagged, but we had a great trip. But while we were there, I couldn't help but remember about a group that I took five years ago. Five years ago this very week, 30-something of us made our trip over, went through all the sites in the Galilee, made our way down the Jordan Valley where we stopped at Beit Sheon, and it's a park, an archaeological dig run by the park's people. And it's huge. It's just massive piece of land with all kinds of ruins from the Roman days, columns and bathhouses. And we talked about the site, and then we gave them time to just kind of walk around and look. And then Mary came up to us a few minutes later as it was time to load the bus and said, I can't find Herman. And so we said, oh, it's, it's no problem. We'll go, we'll go find him. Let, let everybody load up. Well, we couldn't find him. And minutes turned to hours, and they brought in the police and the Israeli intelligence and search dogs and officers on horseback and helicopters and infrared as the sun set. We could not find him. He had simply vanished. The tour group went on ahead to Jerusalem, and I stayed with Mary for two days, hoping, just hoping, We finally decided that late Saturday we would go to Jerusalem and join the group, but that on Sunday we would not join the tour. It so happens that year Shavuot and Pentecost were on the same day, and this major metropolitan city was empty. There were no trains running, no buses, really no cars, very few people. Everyone was either in homes or in places of worship. On this beautiful Sunday morning, we walked. On Tuesday, they would find Herm's body. He had somehow gotten outside of the park and walked some distance and collapsed from heat stroke. But on this Sunday, we didn't know that. And Mary, she had hoped and hoped. She kind of had a feeling, but you never know. So on this beautiful Pentecost Sunday, we walked the streets of Jerusalem alone. Except not really alone because, well, you know.